election diet deniers, conspiracy theorists, and mega, ultra, mega extremist Republicans. Welcome to a Christmas edition of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie. We are unindoctrinated, unvaccinated, unrestrained, unashamed, unrelenting, unapologetic, and unafraid. We are totally organic and non-GMO. On Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ 96.9 FM, AM 700, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I'd like to invite you to check out my website, freedomspeaknm.com, where you can listen to playbacks of any of my previous shows, as well as check out any interesting information I have posted there. And you can listen to the podcast of this show on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes. You can email me your questions and comments. You can get started advertising by emailing me at becca at freedomspeaknm.com. Got a great show lined up for you today. Got uh, two of my favorite guest co-hosts in the studio together today with me. And we're going to be, it's going to be mostly Christmas all day long on this show today. And of course, we're going to be including some politics and some current events. We can't, uh, we can't resist that. There's too much going on. So I hope you all are having a fantastic Christmas weekend and you'll be hearing this show on Christmas Eve. And uh, I think uh, there's going to be some stories here that you're going to find very, very interesting, probably some things that you didn't know. And uh, I'm going to start off with an interesting story. Some of you might have heard it. Some of you maybe didn't. It dates back to the Great War, which at the time they called it the Great War. They didn't realize there was going to be a sequel and that eventually it would be called World War I. So... On Christmas Eve of 1914, in the dank, muddy trenches on the western front of the, West, of the First World War, a remarkable thing happened. It came to be called the Christmas Truce, and it remains one of the most storied and strangest moments of the Great War, or of any war in history. British machine gunner Bruce Bairnsfather, later a prominent cartoonist, wrote about it in his memoirs. Like most of his fellow infantrymen of the 1st Battalion of the Royal Warwickshire Regiment, he was spending the holiday eve shivering in the muck, trying to keep warm. He had spent a good part of the past few months fighting the Germans, and now, in a part of Belgium called, and I hope I don't butcher this word, Bois de Plogstert, he was crouched in a trench that stretched just three feet deep by three feet wide. His days and nights marked by an endless cycle of sleeplessness and fear, stale biscuits and cigarettes too wet to light. Here I was, in this horrible clay cavity, Bairn's father wrote, miles and miles from home, cold, wet through, and covered with mud. There didn't seem the slightest chance of leaving except in an ambulance. 
singing breaks out in the trenches on Christmas Eve. About 10 p.m., Baron's father noticed a noise. I listened. He recalled, away across the field, among the dark shadows beyond, I could hear the murmur of voices. He turned to a fellow soldier in his trench and said, Do you hear the boach? Boaches? I thought they called them blokes. Is it boaches? Germans? Name for Germans. Kicked up that racket over there? Yes, came the reply. They've been at that some time. The Germans were singing carols, as it was Christmas Eve. In the darkness, some of the British soldiers began to sing back. Suddenly, Baron's father recalled, we heard a confused shouting from the other side. We all stopped to listen. The shout came again. The voice was from an enemy soldier. Speaking in English with a strong German accent, he was saying, come over here. One of the British sergeants answered, you come halfway, I come halfway. British and German soldiers meet in the no man's land. What happened next would in the years to come, stun the world and make history. Enemy soldiers began to climb nervously out of their trenches and to meet in the barbed wire-filled no-man's land that separated the armies. Normally, the British and Germans communicated communicated across no-man's land with streaking bullets, with only occasional gentlemanly allowances to collect the dead unmolested. But now, there were handshakes and words of kindness. The soldiers traded songs, tobacco and wine, joining in a spontaneous holiday party in the cold night. Baron's father could not believe his eyes. Here they were, the actual practical soldiers of the German army. There was not an atom of hate on either side, and it wasn't confined to that one battlefield. Starting on Christmas Eve, small pockets of French, German, and Belgian and British troops held impromptu ceasefires across the Western Front, with reports of some on the Eastern Front as well. Some accounts suggest a few of these unofficial truces remained in effect for days. For those who participated, it was surely a welcome break from the hell they had been enduring. When the war had begun just six months earlier, most soldiers figured it would be over quickly and they'd be home with their families in time for the holidays. Not only would the war drag on for four more years, but it would prove to be the bloodiest conflict ever up to that time. The Industrial Revolution had made it possible to mass-produce new and devastating tools for killing. Among them fleets of airplanes and guns that could fire hundreds of rounds per minute. And bad news on both sides had left soldiers with plummeting morale. There was the devastating Russian defeat at Tannenberg in August 1914 and the German losses in the Battle of the Marne a week later. By the time winter approached in 1914 and the chill set in, the Western Front stretched hundreds of miles. Countless soldiers were living in misery in the trenches on the fronts, while tens of thousands had already died. Then Christmas came. It's quite a story, huh? So, I have my uh, favorite guest co-hosts in the studio with me today. i got Corrine Rios and Derek Scott. Hey, Corrine. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. 
Great. So what do you think about this Christmas season? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm uh, actually, we're recording this show on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and it's airing on Christmas Eve, and I'm actually going to be spending the Christmas holiday with my family this year in Ohio. So nice. I'm excited you're about that. you driving out there, right? Mm-hmm. I am. Yeah, I enjoy the drive. journey. Well, I have family in Ohio as well. Oh, you do? Uh-huh. My mother-in-law's out there and my sister-in-law's are nice. out there. Nice. Well, Akron, my mom's Ohio. out there. She just turned 80 oh. uh, just this past week, and I turned 60. Wow. Oh. <laughs> so our birthdays are only a few days apart. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Get out of Dodge. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know, usually when I travel across the country, like I did last year, when I traveled across the country and then I came back, it's like I had all kinds of ideas about how... I was going to do this show. So so the format I do this show was all based on a lot of thinking I did on my on trip to Ohio and back last year. On the road. Yeah, on the yeah. road. And then when I came back, I started this show, and it's like, hey, I think it was a great idea. It was. Yeah. Absolutely. Working out pretty good. Yeah, I'm kind of tired of Christmas already. <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't even started, technically. I started super early. Yeah. You know, because I actually had Christmas in, on Thanksgiving because all my kids were together for Thanksgiving. So okay. we did Thanksgiving and then Christmas. And so, uh, you know, 22 dozen tamales later, a bunch of pasoli, <laughs> biscochitos. I, I, I think I'm kind of done. <laughs> but I always think, I, I always have this in the back of my mind. We should just be celebrating and being with people we love 365. We should. And not just so much rely or or look forward to just that one day. Because I think when we're just one day oriented with the holidays or Christmas, uh, it, it, there's a big letdown, I think. Well, I think it's so I, I think it's worse than that. You yeah. know, it's they get away with it. Right, so people as humanity gets away with it. Oh, I only got to be good mm-hmm. for one day of the year. Yep. Oh, I'll give my one day of the year or, or one week, right? But, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I was talking to some friends of mine and my wife, and we were talking about It's like, you know, we've been running into some troubles and stuff, and we're just like, you know, yeah, what – why why is it always just one day or one week yeah but we've we've relegated so many things to one day you yeah. know our veterans one day one day we honor them yeah. one day one day of the week christmas yeah. easter yeah. one day one day and yeah. uh I, I think that's so like um short-sighted for christians to just make it one day well, we do celebrate a donut day too, don't we? Well, then we have Valentine's Day. Then Valentine's we got Mother's Day. day and then, then we got what else do we got? Well, I think we have Coffee Day. Coffee Day. And yeah. then I think there's a Pizza Day. There's a Pizza Day. You I'm know, pretty we sure have, there is. We have just watered down everything. And then there's in the May the May the Fourth. Well, okay, the so, May Fourth thing too. Oh, right. So know, think about this. Wouldn't Star, it be possible to celebrate fans? all May of the these things? May the Fourth be with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to, to celebrate all of these things every day would be kind of difficult, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, pizzas and donuts and I know, but to me that's just else. stupid. Uh, that, that's just me. I mean, I don't I gain even a lot like, of weight. I don't even like birthdays, and I really don't celebrate birthdays or anniversaries just because I think there's just too much self involved with it, you know. And we're not supposed to. I mean, I, I was going over the feasts of the of the Old Testament, the uh-huh. holidays yeah. that Jesus, you know, the feasts that he did celebrate, right? And they were not so focused on the self. And I think as a whole society, that's where it's been. Oh my gosh, that's funny because like I was talking, me and my wife were talking to me like we should be technically celebrating Hanukkah, really. And I said, I jokingly said, well, I get more presents, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So you've been indoctrinated. Yeah, 
but but at the same time it was just like but you know when you when you look at the significance of hanukkah and how it's celebrated yeah it's it there's more of a tradition to it there's more of a focus of others than yourself yeah and there's and there's there's even games involved in it to celebrate what god has done right Mm -hmm. and so yeah you i think you have a good point (laughs) I'm just, I, I just, as, as, as I get older, I'm 55, it's just so much is focused on the self. I mean, now we're at friends celebrating their birthdays all month long. I what? Mean, yeah. Well, I have a couple of friends. Oh, my birthday's this month. Call me if you want to take me out. I'm like, I, oh I, I, my gosh. The, the self, right? The self yeah. is the, is, is the worst thing to mankind. Uh, because it is the battle of the flesh and the spirit, and yeah. as a whole, in the church, I think, and even in in the world, uh, they want you to focus on yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is, and and, and we should be celebrating Christ, Christ all day, every day, by putting the misdeeds of the flesh to death. Yeah. Instead of just one day, or when you just go to church. Now, and I think what a better celebration to be putting the misdeeds of the flesh to death. All the time. I mean, you wouldn't want your children just to be good on one day. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm just... So, you know, the uh, one thing about this story, okay, that, that gets me is that, and, and this, is, this is the sad thing about war, is that you have, you know, you get put out there in service of your country, and you're told, okay, you need to kill these people, okay? People that you don't know, You've never met them. You've never talked to them. And the the reason I think that that really, really is applicable to what we're dealing with nowadays is we've seen over the past couple of years where we've all been turned against each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, even last week. Even families. Yeah, families. Okay. Based on what you are told to believe, which turns out a lot of it is not true, if, if any of it. But like, for instance, last week. I had Karen Bedoni on the show with me. Now, I knew I'd get a little bit of blowback over this. Mm-hmm. I, I got a little bit of blowback. Of course, I also got a lot of positive responses, too. Mm-hmm. I got actually an enormous number of replays from last week's show. That's great. And, but I had somebody criticize me for having her on, and it's like, okay, now think about this. Think about what has been done to us over the past couple, couple three years now. We've been censored. We've been canceled. We've been doxxed. Think about all the things we've done just because one side doesn't like what we have to say, so they want to silence us. And we're finding out the government was involved in that heavily, which I believe probably after the first year, maybe my first show of next year, um, I'm going to go in pretty deep on these Twitter files. I'm going to be talking about all this stuff. I'm going to do a oh, lot yeah. of reading of this while I'm gone. A lot of documents there. Yes. So, and I told this person, I said, you know, Karen deserves to have a voice too. You know, and not only that, but if you will listen to the show, you'll find she's a very interesting person. And I think she's a very interesting person. I really enjoyed doing the show with her. And one thing about what I do here, it's like basically what I'm doing is kind of bordering on some journalism here. And it's like <laughs> one, one thing that I don't like about a lot of these journalists is they're biased. Yep. You know, I try to have an open mind about things because sometimes if you have an open mind about things, you'll learn something new that you didn't know before. Well, well, I think, too, I think it stems, ju- sorry, no, go, ahead, <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead. Okay, so I think it stems from, I think you have a good point. There's a lot of propaganda that was going on back then. 
And but you got to realize that all these men somehow overcame that propaganda overcame. Yeah, I mean, they're fighting for the country and we all want to be patriotic. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, you know, you wonder what history would have been like if they would have continued to refuse their leaders. And at that time, if you know any history about World War One, the three men that were involved, the kings, right, that are all cousins or their family fighting over Europe. OK, this hence why uh, why it was really hard for America to want to be involved, because they're like, look, they're all family. I don't want to be a part of that. Right. It's not until it just was boiling over into so many other parts of industry and trade, which is more America's focus, that they started going, okay, we're, we're going to have to get involved here. Because it wasn't just the Lusitania. Everybody puts it on the Lusitania. It wasn't just the Lusitania that got us into the war. There was also an explosion, uh, an, an intentional explosion at a dock in New York. Well, it was Brooklyn, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so that was another sabotage, and it was found out it was German sabotage because we were sending bullets and and we were making money. We were sending it Mm -hmm. that way. And so, you know, when you look at it, though, you wonder what would have happened if they would have continued to not let their commanders scream and yell at them to get back on the front, but would have stood strong in Christ and said, no, we're not going to do this. You know, these are men just like me. These are people with family. They both believe in the same thing. Why are we fighting each other? It's the same thing of what you're getting at. Yeah, today you have people on the left, people in the center, and people on the right that are all kind of fighting each other and fighting themselves, right? I've seen a lot of infighting in the Republican Party, like we have talked about on this show. Mm -hmm. I've seen some infighting also within the Libertarian Party, which, you know, I've chosen to help out and be a part of again now because I'm just tired of, I'm tired of getting lied to by the party in New Mexico, the New Mexico Republican Party. But but then you also got to look at the infighting in the Democrat Party, right? So you don't just have division, you have division within division, Mm -hmm. which is perfect with what the enemy wants, right? And when we say enemy, we mean, you know, Lucifer, we mean the devil, right? Mm -hmm. So that is exactly what he wants. And the devil doesn't want people getting together under Christ's birth and being like, you know, we're not going to fight, you know? And so I think that's even the more ultimate point here is how long some of them held out against their commanders, probably with threat of being killed because in an army, if you were insubordinate to the point of violating your orders, you know, you could be killed on the spot, especially back then. Because you're fraternizing with the enemy. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of issues involved. But somehow, one, a lot of the commanders just let it go. But imagine if they would have said, you know what, sorry, King, I think we need to not do this. But they did it because my husband told me that... uh, uh, the the ranking officers did try to get these guys for fraternization. Yeah. Because, you know, war is like a special, there are special rules for war. Yes. Uh, even in the Old Testament, there are rules, and there are rules in the military. And they tried to, to uh, punish these guys. 
because under the fraternization with the enemy. Yep. You're undermining the goals and objectives of war for yeah. your country. Yeah. However, the masses, there were so many people who were, who were uh, having a truce. You can't arrest everybody or yeah. the war would be over. Right. <laughs> All of them, almost everybody was fraternizing yeah. at, uh, by, I think it was like the middle of Christmas yes. Day. And what I found interesting is that I, I read somewhere that it was spontaneous. Yes. But then in other areas, I read that Pope Benedict, uh, he was the one that started the appeal for this truce. Yes. Right. Yes. Right? yes. So yes. was it really spontaneous? I don't know. <laughs> you know, but it, I just found the whole thing uh, very interesting. I found that it was a tale of subversion when the men on the ground decided they were not fighting the same war as their superiors. And I feel that... I'm fighting a war that maybe even my Republican leaders aren't fighting or the Republican Party isn't fighting or even leaders in the church. I, I, I kind of just get this. I don't want to say feeling. It seems like we're fighting two different wars. Yeah. yeah. And, and it seems this this is what stuck out for me when I was I was reading this story. Yeah. You know, you know, the thing that gets me is is I'm, I'm thinking about if I was one of those people in the trenches, how much faith and courage it took to crawl out of the thing out of the trench and walk out onto the field out in the open yeah because it could have been a trap it could yep. have been a trap yep. it's yeah. like I, it's just amazing how it happened really yeah. it really is a miracle it is a miracle and i think yeah. that's why yeah. it's still but they were united by what under god under yeah. god yeah see god under the Lord was the precipice that made this yeah. happen yeah. right right now when you're in war you are in war with people who don't even believe in God. Yep. I don't believe this could ever happen again, uh, especially with the Muslim community. No. That would never no. happen with Muslims in this country or abroad, period. Um, so I think we have to look at the, the one dis the defining factor was God. They yeah. were united under God. Yeah. I think well, right. like I said, they were both Christian. Yep. A lot of them were Christian yep. believers or Jews that were in the trenches. At that time, yeah. right? Because there was a big Jewish contingent. Though they didn't believe in in Christ's birth at that time, they did have Hanukkah and other things. So for them, it wasn't hard for Jewish members. But there is some stories of Jewish mem officers saying, get back in there, start fighting, mm -hmm. you know, because they were very patriotic of Germany at that time. Because remember, the Jewish community was heavily in Germany um, there's a lot of reasons why, partly the Inquisition and other reasons of why Germany became a more refuge for uh, Jewish people in the turn of the century. But it's it's interesting when under Christ, it's, it's, it's worse, it's, I think it's bigger than that, it's under Christ. Under Christ, it, yeah, God the Father, but it was under the Son, his birth, that all these people just stopped. You know, and the trenches were pretty big back then, even in six months of war. You got to understand, war happens fast. It's, even in the turn of the century, it was a very long trenches, and yeah. they were just, and they had just started digging in, and the trenches were becoming more complicated at that time. And there was a now a no man zone just from the artillery right from artillery to both sides so yeah you you, you got to realize these guys would have had to tell their artillery men to not fire right so they had to get in on it you know i mean there's so many well, aspects I, I think it's just the example those two guys met on the on the on the battlefield and was it the um the german guy that said uh 
uh, I come halfway, you come halfway? Yeah. Was it the yeah. ger- from the German side? Uh-huh. This is very interesting to me because this implies a moral component. There is always a moral component to things. Yeah. In war, and I think we've gone so far to just say that you have to just be submissive to your commanders, and that is it. You have to be submissive to those in the church. You have to be submissive to those in the higher ranks of the Republican Party. There has to be a moral component to things, especially if you're living for Christ. Yeah. Right? Because I know that just within the Republican Party, we have a lot of Christians who say they want to bring God back into into the politics, but yet they're the first ones to tell me, oh, no, this is how you do it politically. Yeah. Really? Okay, what did you just say? It, it, it just boggles my mind how we are so deceived. Um, well, and they're the first ones. It's funny you mentioned that. They were the first ones also to, with my experience, was to not do things that would have let us want, win, that they cl- thought were immoral. And I'm like, no, it's God doesn't say something's immoral unless it's written in the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. and, and yeah. such, right? When it comes to politics and playing the game in politics and elections, God really doesn't take a side. Correct. You know, so he, well, well, he does take Jesus' side, and he that takes you do Jesus things correctly. Aside, that right. you are impartial. That right. you are fair. Right. That you you say you if you say something, you better do it. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Right. And there are so many people who aren't doing living Christ. Right. They are just. I'm for Christ. We got to bring Christ back in the church. It, 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 that totally drives me crazy. Um, I lost my point that I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> because my brain is just—I'm just. No, you're still on track about what you were discussing about this conversation. Yeah. Um, and there's things to do, things in the political arena. I understand that. Oh, here's my point. He brought it back. There to you me. go. Unity does not mean conformity. Right. And I think that's where we have a problem in all aspects of our lives. Just because you raise a question yeah. and you want to find out the truth right. doesn't mean you're so divisive. Yeah. That's what I've been labeled. I've been labeled at Ocreen, you're just bickering. I'm like, I'm asking a question. Yeah. We cannot have unity if we're always shut down by our leadership and put down as bickering, um, and and we're so confrontational. What happened to asking a question? When I grew up, when I was a teacher, no, no what does it say? No question is a bad question. Well, we've right, discovered yeah. now that our government doesn't want us to be allowed to ask questions. Question, uh, uh, correct, and in right. everything, yeah. you know, in business, do as in you're business, told. Um, in the church, uh, it, it just it, it's amazing to me how we have become so irrelevant. Yeah, because we don't want to have the courage to ask a question that, <laughs> knowledge is power that's interesting you say irrelevant because yeah that's a good point that because you don't ask a question you make yep. yourself irrelevant bingo i think you're exactly right in that yeah. you, you don't you don't question anything in your life even your own faith yep because i question it a lot myself yeah. to make sure well, it's it's partly just a test to myself yeah. You know, to kind of self-analyze and make sure I'm on the right path, on the right track. I get in the Bible about it. I, you know, I'll even ask my family sometimes if I'm feeling down or something like, hey, what have I been doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? You know, sometimes I get reports that everything's fine and you're like, oh, crap, you know, why are things failing? Mm -hmm. So, okay, if it's not me, what is it, right? So that's even more questioning. Okay, if it's not me, what is it? I got to now question around me, you know, then I got to question further, right? So questioning is never a bad thing. 
is, but you it's know. Tur- but it's turned into a bad thing because you're right. not you're just not you know going with the flow. But we've taught our kids that in the public schools, it's been indoctrination to to just go along with the just sheep. Go along and with even the sheep, adults yeah. right now yeah. who were in the public schools are indoctrinated, and they don't even know they're indoctrinated. Yeah. But yet no, they're yeah, talking absolutely. about indoctrination. It it, yeah. it it amazes me, yeah. <laughs> especially on the campaign trail when a lot of campaign uh, uh, one person in particular running for governor, and she goes, "Oh, I'm against CRT," and I'm like, "You voted." For the Black Education Act. How can you... There's no connection of the dots. There's no thinking. There's no critical thinking. No, you're right. And that is what we are missing today with a lot of adults and then our children. So think about this. So the World War I, they must have been way better critical thinkers. Absolutely. To have that courage to question, is this the right thing? Am I fighting the right men? Am I on the right track? Do you see them getting at? They had to do you know, self-analyzation and analyzation of their higher ups, their country, their patriotism. Everything was in question at that moment. Yeah, you know, the thing that gets but me questioning, I think, in the right way, in a righteous way. Well, I think they were the, led by the Holy Spirit. Right. Thing that gets right? me is after they connected with each other and they spent time together. I I'm reading this one story here in which a, a British soldier set up a makeshift barber shop. And he was, in exchange for cigarettes, he was giving haircuts to the Germans. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. And, and somehow a soccer game broke out. Uh-huh. Yep. Now, yep. here's an interesting thing. Where did the soccer ball come from? They're saying that the ball appeared from somewhere. How does a soccer ball appear on a, on a battlefield? Interesting, huh? Well, I'm sure it was just a ball. I can't I don't, imagine it just being a soccer what, ball. A ball? Well, there's a picture a... of it, I think, in this article. Yeah, and it, it looks like... A leather ball stitched yeah. together. Yeah, back then I don't know. Back then those balls were yeah, actually those balls stitched together. Were just leather balls, right. balls stretched yeah. together. Sometimes over like a balloon or something. Hey guys, it's time for a break. Already? Hold your thoughts. It is, and we'll be right back. Enjoy some Christmas music and some commercials from my sponsors. Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226. Hello, I'm Dr. Dan Lafferty. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Z from ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Putting off a trip to the dentist due to dental anxiety? Let us ease your fears. At ABQ Gentle Dentistry, we are gentle from your first phone call with the receptionist to the dental chair for treatment. We offer oral conscious sedation, IV sedation, and nitrous gas. We have the latest technology to handle all your dental needs right in our office. Same-day crowns, 3D x-rays, 3D printing, digital intraoral photos, and laser technology. Let us transform your life by transforming your smile into a smile you can love. We also offer clear tray orthodontic therapy. 
You're part of the family here at ABQ General Dentistry. Gentle is not just our name, it's how we treat our patients. We accept most insurance plans and also work with multiple lending companies to help make financing possible. Y hablamos español. We're located at 4550 Eubank Boulevard, Northeast, Suite 101. Give us a call at 505-292-8588 to begin your journey to an awesome smile. Or on the web at albuquerquegeneraldentist.com. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214. Or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700, and you can listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I'm here with my guests, Kareen Rios and Derek Scott today, and uh, we're talking about everything Christmas today, It's it, and there's so much to talk about, um, so stay with us for the whole three hours, because mm-hmm. you're going to learn some stuff. It's mm-hmm. going to be fascinating. So we were talking about, in the previous segment, we were talking about this uh, Christmas miracle, the uh, the Christmas truce from the Great War, World War One, where these British and German soldiers, where peace just kind of broke out during Christmas Eve, and they were all just uh, celebrating Christmas together, just like there wasn't a war going on. And we were talking about how a soccer game started up, and I thought it was interesting how somehow a ball, uh, <laughs> somehow somebody had a ball, yep. whether it was a soccer ball or some kind of ball. Back then, I would imagine the ball would have been some kind of leather stitched together. Um, and uh, Derek even has a picture from that time that somebody took a photo. It's pretty fascinating, them playing soccer. It's, yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's, well, they could have yeah, made it on the spot as well. I'm sure they had... Uh, surgical stuff to yeah, there's, people there's maybe. they could have made the ball they you're right they could, the they could have made the uh, ball that's possible. what I'm thinking if you're sitting there you're not going to take a ball but you sure got leather and you sure got and uh, these thread. people these people are craftsmen yeah, farmers handy. everybody that yeah. is drafted into it or yeah. been pulled into it you got, some, like, med- you got some yeah. medics there that are really good at stitching there things people go. were way less yeah. specialists back yeah. then as we have people today. were probably smarter back then yeah I, I i'm thinking they made it on the spot yeah i think you could might have been and that's how it appeared because that's why it doesn't it. look so perfect that's why it doesn't have. look perfect <laughs> it says wilson on it yeah this <laughs> is wilson on it that's funny <laughs> wilson what i thought was interesting is just the two different perspectives right yeah. you got yeah. the, the guys on the ground and then you got the the officials and they're looking at this thing from a different perspective yeah right because of their position maybe yeah right and i think that happens a lot my husband works in telecom and he has to drive all over the state to do these things and then you have somebody sitting at a desk uh, you know in florida telling him what to do and you have two different 
different perspectives. We both do very similar things. Absolutely. I do uh, similar things yeah. too. I'll, I'll deal with uh, remote tech support people over the yep. phone where oh, they'll Peter send does me. Too. My husband they'll does say, too. okay, go to this router. I want you to console into this router and I'm going to, yeah, we're going to, we're going to reconfigure yeah. it. And it's like, so I'm working with a remote person and I'm yeah. doing the hands on. Yeah. And so the, so, you know, the, the guys in the uppers, the, the uh, officers are looking at it from a, a war perspective where the soldiers who are on the ground who know a lot more of what's going on in the war because they're on the ground, just like politics. Right. You got to be with the people. Well, yeah, <laughs> to you got to talk to your volunteers and your people Bingo. on the ground. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a disconnect. Uh, I think there's a big disconnect. Yeah. Uh, like they're probably were, were here in we the were war. Yeah, even during in this election, we were tell I was telling them. My wife was, a lot of other ones of us saying, you know, guys, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. You're not getting to it. You're not knocking on doors. You're not calling people. That's the way you get votes. And they didn't do any of that. You know, none of the candidates in this year's election did that. And so, and then they wonder why they lost, you know. But yet, you know, I love how. But you know what? It's just interesting because uh, I was helping two candidates in, in, in my area and they didn't walk they really refused to walk and with, i had that mindset you got to get out you walk you're not walking enough you got and they won and <laughs> the people who walked they didn't win so i i don't know if that is the sole reason why some of these candidates didn't win i'm saying i i think a lot of them just didn't resonate with people even when they were walking well, yeah the, candid- I've seen the candidacy candidates on of the them. campaign trail right yeah the candidacy lacking. of them yeah they they were lukewarm kind of not nonchalant just not putting effort into it. like i said i think it's effort it's how you how you show yourself to others well i think a lot of it is people is, is the intention yeah are you there for yourself? Are you there for yourself? Are you really you there? there for the and person that you're talking to that. at the door? I still think Bingo. people can see through Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. How I do you get that point across to that. people? That's the question. You know, I I, uh, I believe in to a certain extent, and this goes back to like, remember when we were in high school and how they'd have like the uh, the prom queen and king and and elections like that in which the popular person popular won well that doesn't change when we be- become adults the popular person still wins you know i was kidding around with this uh, about uh, this with karen the other day when i was having a conversation with her and i told her i said well the reason you didn't uh, win is because you're not popular enough i said so if, if you're going to run for an election in the future you need to find a way to become popular well yeah, yeah or, I, or, or, in, or in the cases of the democrats infamous yeah yeah <laughs> Well, isn't that interesting? Because you know, you one would think that Mark Ronchetti, i don't know if he was popular, but he was well known. He was well known. Uh, he's still which made him popular. Made him popular. <laughs> he technically was popular. Yeah, yeah he was. That's right. right, exactly. But he didn't win any either. So it didn't matter of his qualifications. It didn't matter if he got out and walked. It didn't matter that he didn't get, probably collect a single one of his signatures. It didn't matter. He was popular. Correct. Yes. So what are That's we saying? It. That's it. I'm saying. So he was less popular, popular than. I guess. And, he was and, and so less how do you do popular. that? I don't know. So then he was less popular than, uh, than, uh, MLG. Right. In the sense of, because it still was kind of a thin margin. Yeah. Yeah. It was. You know, and so he was just a little less popular than her. And 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 I think too. To we some need to, people. Yeah, and I think too we just really need to understand in the state of New Mexico we're blue. 
Yeah. It ain't going to change overnight. It ain't going to change. It ain't going to change in four years, two years. I think uh, I heard somebody say that Oklahoma, actually, they were blue. It took them 20 years to turn red. So when we want to get down on one person or, or one candidate, we have to be very careful because change takes a lot of time. Yeah. And... Um, and, you know, uh, we did fairly well with the gubernatorial race uh, compared to 2018. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, our candidate, a Republican candidate, got th- 31,000 more votes than Steve Pierce did in mm-hmm. 2018. Right, right. And uh, MLG went down 19,000. It's not hard to get more votes than Steve Pierce. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You know, you were talking about earlier, you were talking about uh, the the effect that Pope Benedict had on, yeah. on that whole Christmas truce. Yep. Pope Benedict was popular because everybody knew who he was. Yep. Yes. Regardless, I, at that time, I would imagine regardless of what your religious affiliation was or whether you were even uh, a believer at all, you probably knew who Pope Benedict was. So yeah. he was somebody that was popular, and because he was, he was able to influence a lot of people apparently mm-hmm. because that's what made this thing happen you know there was one person that's mount mentioned in an account here that did not want to go along with this and i found this one really really interesting and the uh, the story there's the private story of private percy higgins a britain who was relaxing in no man's land with the enemy when a sniper shot to to the head killed him and set off more bloodshed the sergeant who took higgins place hoping to avenge his death was then himself picked off and killed in another account a german scolded his fellow soldiers during the christmas truce stating such a thing should not happen in wartime have you no german sense of honor left who do you think that was that was 25 year old soldier Adolf Hitler. <laughs> mm. Yes, that is true. I've read that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, isn't it interesting that uh, none of them were um, charged, or they didn't get sent home? Uh, well, like you said, it was a massive majority. Issue. You had you had the majority, the majority over the won. minority. There. What are you going to do? Throw them all in jail? Yeah, Correct. That's what I always say. Did we say that during COVID? That's yeah. what I was we saying. We all just right. take off the masks. Right. And go to the store. Are they going to call yeah. the police on all of us? Yeah. Do you remember or, us saying that? Or like that? When, I, when, I, when I broke the bread line at the Walmart and I was t- encouraging everybody in the line to walk in yep. with me and they were all too much of a coward to do it. Yep. Yep. And it's like, if we all walk in, what do you think is going to happen to right. you? Nothing. Yep. Well, see, that's why other what states... What happened to me? Nothing. But that's why other states were able to avo- to really curtail or push back on the COVID stuff because you had people that were brave enough to just say no. Yeah. Whereas New Mexicans... Because we're still blue. It's more than that. It's, <laughs> I, I think, think it's that. No, it's... So from an outsider in, it's a culture thing. You, The culture, you're brought up not to be a boat rocker, okay? Right? Like you were saying, when, when people are taught, right, indoctrinated to a sense, you're also indoctrinated by your parents on how they tell you how to act in society, right? And they raise you up, and in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, well, at least in my wife's family, in her Hispanic family, and they're pretty old family. They've been here a long time. They don't rock the boat. You don't rock the boat. You don't push too far. You don't risk too much. Where does that come much, from? You know, I don't know. Like, what? It's what just, are the majority of New Mexicans be here? Hispanic. What else? Mexican? Catholic. Catholic, yeah, there you go. Yeah. You don't rock the boat there at all. 
So yeah. then that translates to every other facet in society. Right. Yet a lot of so, so correct. Yet a lot of Catholics vote for Democrats, which are in favor which, of abortion. Which are in favor of abortion, and they don't rock which, the boat which again. Okay. I don't get vote that. Vote blue, no matter. Well, no, yeah, they're no blue, no matter what. You Even better if it vote violates blue. my morals. Right. Even if it violates my because religion. Because they've been doing it for generations. I'm going to tell you a lot of. I've been here my whole life. My whole family is here. Um, we don't ever talk about politics. It's a. It's a unspoken thing, at least in my family. You just didn't talk about politics. Maybe that's a better policy, though. I don't know. My whole family is Democrat except me. Oh, okay. No so mind. it's not a good thing. <laughs> so you're you're just like my my but, my wife, who's see, become Republican because yes. partly because of me. My whole family's my Republican, and we can talk and, about politics. So, we never did. We didn't even talk about God because you know only the yes, priests knew only the, priest the Bible, knew. Yeah. and so you shouldn't even be questioning whether you should be reading the. But yet we had a Bible at home, beautiful yes. white Bible, yes. and it had gold leaf on the ra- around the pages, and it had a plastic cup. Cover, but we didn't open it. So, <laughs> so even in the Catholic Church, you have to be a sheep. Now that's funny right? you mentioned that right? because my yeah, my wife, true. it was a big opening and a and a change. And there there was definitely in our marriage like some arguments, some butting of heads when she had to learn to read that because you have your Bible in front of you here and just telling the listeners she's got a really beautiful. Uh, pinkish leather binded bible it's beautiful um it's definitely used like mine mine's even worse <laughs> than that um like mine's ter- falling apart it's terrible yeah. i gotta get a new one but um but you know i could see that you use it you read it and that you're on top of it right so but yeah if nobody's reading right how do they know the words verbatim right it's something that i've had to learn i can't even i don't even memorize the whole bible and everybody's like oh you're you know like when i have to joust with some people that are friends why they're friends i don't know but they're atheists but you know they like to joust with me but usually i can pull up the scripture and show them and it's one of those things that but yeah they're they're taught not to read what's in front of them isn't that amazing to have a bible that you can buy like these people can buy them. There's Christian stores still in this city. You can go buy a Bible. Yeah. You can go read a Bible. Um, even her father had this Latin Bible because he was actually originally in seminary mm-hmm. before he left. So he had a Latin Bible and one of these older ones. You know, really, it's an antique. It's really beautiful. But but how is it? See, that's what boggles my mind. Is how is it? You have the word in front of you, and if all you have to do is check. One word in that Bible to see if that father is being truthful or not, and they don't do it because they but believe in the system. See what I mean? They believe yes, in that system. They, they follow that system, and they're indoctrinated. In their own yeah. religion. They're already indoctrinated. So when you get out into so the world, they don't have a mindset of questioning. It's already You're already a sheep. In the most intimate part of Jesus Christ, you're already a sheep, yes. That's why so many are, are false teachers. That's why so many are falling away. That's why so many can't defend the faith. Yep. Um, and that's why New Mexico is where it is. Yeah. Really, think about it. And then you get John F. Kennedy, who was a Catholic by name only. Yeah. Uh, people still think that the Re- Democrat Party is the Republican is the re- is the Party, the JFK of, party. The, yeah. uh, of Kennedy. Yeah, of Kennedy. You yep. know, yeah. because 
You know, they haven't questioned. If they don't question the Bible, they're not going to question anything else. They're not going to go do research about anything else. And that's why this state is the way that it is. Yeah, and they just go to work, do their work, don't wreck the boat. Don't See, rock that's the boat. my outside view. And I, I, I don't, it's not to be rude because I've had people get really angry at me about it. But I'm like, I've had to show even my wife, you have to rock the boat to get what you need or want sometimes. Well, Especially yeah, otherwise you'll just get completely ran over. Yeah. Otherwise, you're you're you a sh- you're sheep. Well, I think you over. have to be a lover Especially of God and want to please God above all else, and not man. And when we don't question, we don't think, we don't expose evil. Man. You are pleasing men, and yeah. we in today's society have in the church have become irrelevant because yeah. we haven't taught them because we'd rather be liked so, and feel good. Right, and so think about the politicians that get elected that are the same sheep. And they go in there and they listen to, let's say, me, and then they listen to their buddies and pals who are going to say the the talking points of media or their church. Okay, who who are they going to listen to? They're not going to listen to me, the boat rocker. They're going to see me as somebody who's rocking the boat, right? Making it difficult for him, telling him the truth and it's not the truth. No, my friends and my pastor said that's not true. So they watched MSNBC, right? But Derek Scott is there telling him and lobbying and telling him what the truth is, the actual statistics, and they don't even listen to you. So, guys, we're running out of time in this segment, and there's a couple of things I want to talk about before we do. Okay, so when it comes to truth, that's something we're going to be talking about a lot today is truth versus what we've been indoctrinated to believe. That's what today's show is all about, only it's it's about Christmas stuff, and it's yeah. going to be really interesting. So I wanted, to, I wanted to read this last part of this article I saw, and then I want to get into a couple of follow-ups on a couple of things that I talked about on last week's show some, you know, the latest things that have happened in that. So what this one person says, he says, what stands out most today, however, are the memories of the soldiers themselves preserved in their own penmanship. One rifleman of Britain's 3rd Rifle Brigade brigade recounted a German soldier saying, today we have peace, tomorrow you fight for your country. I fight for mine. Good luck. As for Britain's Bruce Barron's father, he summed up the distinct historic moment this way. Looking back on it all, I wouldn't have missed that unique and weird Christmas day for anything. So what I wanted to talk about is a couple of articles that I talked about last week. And one of them was the um, the one with the, the nuclear ignition story, in which I talked about it last week. So I read another article in which they followed up on that thing. And... You know how I was talking about last week, how I thought the whole thing was basically to to scam people into voting for this omnibus bill, like, okay, we got to push this through because we got this great development out here. we got to put billions and billions of dollars into this thing. you got to let your government spend all this money because we're just on the verge of something great. Well, that's not really true. It's like a lot of developments have been made on this over the years, not unlike what they were talking about the other day. But like I was talking about how I believed they were trying to scam us, well, a follow-up article I read was when they were talking about this uh, great breakthrough that they made in which they took the, the output power of the lasers 
that they were using versus the power out that they got from the reaction. They said they got a net gain. But what they lied about was the fact that lasers are just inherently inefficient devices. They did not talk about the amount of input power that went into power the, the lasers. In other words, the amount of electricity it took to power those lasers as opposed to the amount of energy they got out from the reaction was actually not a gain. It was a loss. So they didn't really accomplish there's anything, always, in my opinion. For, with all the fusion technology out there, there's been a, a net loss. Yeah, and that's still the case. That's still the case. Still the case. For 40 years now. <laughs> yeah. And the rolling joke in science, and in science, I know a lot of scientists and engineers, the rolling joke is, um, give it another 30 years. Because that's what they always say. Oh, we'll have it in 30 years. We'll right. have it in 30 years. Right. And it's been 30 years. It's been 30 years now. And they're like, same thing. Oh, we're going to, in 20, 30 years, we will have the technology. And it's kind of a rolling joke in science. That's why a lot of people stay away from it and go into nuclear energy and nuclear sciences and still kind of are trying to get the government to foster more nuclear programs again because we're kind of behind. You know, our nuclear programs have stifled and stopped, right? We haven't tried to purify the metals that we use for nuclear energy. We haven't done anything. Well, because they've all been shut down. You only have so many centrifuges and stuff. Nobody's tried to make it better. And some people that have and have pioneered new new things have gone and sold it to other countries from our country. So, yeah, we benefit financially, but not from the power of it. The people that benefit the most is, is France. Well, here's another thing that we've discovered, too, especially that's just out for everybody to see now over the past couple of years, is they don't necessarily always do what's good for you. They do what is good for big corporate America, big business, politics. And ultimately, their pocketbooks. Yeah, their pocketbooks. Yeah, that's always right. Well. So, like, for instance, we've seen in which the past couple of years in which they've prevented people from knowing the truth about therapeutics. They've prevented people from knowing the truth about being, people being killed from this clot shot. They've, they've prevented people from knowing that there is an alternative to what they want you to push you to do. Follow the money. So, wouldn't you assume that that also applies to nuclear energy, to yeah. fusion power, to any number of different uh, well, different things. Kind of like how the, the, the technology of Nikola Tesla just seems to have disappeared. I wish I would have found the article for you to reference. I was, I was, man, I was so far, I've been so far behind on things. But there is an article with Martin Marietta. Just, it takes a little bit of research, but it's out there. And I've, you know, when you Google it, it's there is that they're making reactors for the military, but these reactors can fit into a container, right? So was it Lockheed Martin or Martin Marietta? I can, I can always, because there's, there's two conglomerates, right? So you have Lockheed Martin. I think it's Lockheed Martin that's, that's actually the one that made these. And they're making, based on the new injection system things, which use about not, or injection system nuclear energy reactors they are can be smaller and they inject the material to make the nuclear reaction right and so that if it was to melt down it wouldn't because you've only injected the material you need for the reaction 
right? Not having the rod system, which is a very old system with having, you know, a regulator in between the uranium. And that only, they only get 40, 50% out of the uranium. And then you have 50% of waste, whereas this is 95% waste. So, you know, there is technology there and the military has grabbed it up, but not us. Well, you know, I think a lot of that is that there are things that get discovered which the government deems to be in the interest of national security. We hear that all the time. So I believe that a lot of the time that technologies, which are probably well beyond anything that we imagine, have been basically confiscated by the military. The people that invented them uh, forced to sign an NDA and saying, okay, you're not going to say anything about this. We're going to give you a bunch of money. We want you to shut up and go away and enjoy your life. You know? Yeah, sometimes they're given money I think that to, happens all the time. Sometimes they're given money, which has happened to people I know, they're given money to create the company. I think Boston Dynamics is one of those, to create the company, and then they fund it, and you do the research, but it goes to the military first. So the other story I want to follow up on before we end our break is the uh, the story of the energy secretary, Sam Britton. Oh, <laughs> now, I, I talked about that last week. Now, now we're talking about the, uh, the gender-fluid uh, guy uh, with the bright red lipstick and the mustache and the bald head that is a puppy handler. A pup handler, not a puppy handler. A pup handler. I talked about that. Who apparently likes to steal women's luggage at the airport. Well, he's done it. I mean, it didn't happen like 10 years ago that he stole luggage. It happened quite a well, while ago. Well, I know ago. he got caught a second it's time recently. It's happened before. before. Right. Yes. Well, he is a repeat offender. He has, yeah. in fact, been fired from his job, thank goodness. Yes, but, thank but, you, but, Lord. But here's the thing is the world, especially these countries like Russia and Vladimir Putin, have got to be looking at our country right now and laughing at us, saying, look at the weirdos that Biden appoints to important cabinet positions. No, they're not saying Biden. They're saying Americans. No. They're not saying Biden. They're not saying Biden. They're saying, they're saying Americans. Because I don't think those, Biden's actually in charge of anything. Look at stupid Americans. Stupid. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So they're not saying Biden. They're saying America. Yeah. Look how stupid we are, America. Yeah. Look how weak we are. Yeah. Look how weak they are. That's they what that signifies to the world. Now, it should be a signified to us, somebody dressing the way they're dressing. There has to be something wrong. And I don't know if we all understand that uh, it was a, uh, a mental illness. It, it still is technically it still is. Is the DSM still a mental See, illness? it still technically is a mental illness. And, and, and you know, they've been trying to get the... the Make it normal. The psychology to... Uh, change the DSM. To change the DFM. But they won't. Yep. It's still in there. It's still uh, body dysmorphia. Yep. It's still a disorder. There's something wrong there's there. Still, Shouldn't and the, that and be a signal to people? The only, there's one way to treat it, which is doing the surgery, right? But that's for people really bad. And I mean that are so far gone but the that they feel not, like the basically surgery, going into the delusion is better. But the surgery is not an answer because it's half not of those an answer people, to treatment is what they consider it are de- are depressed and commit suicide yep even after the surgery yep so uh because yeah. once they start taking the pills to change the body's chemistry yep. it totally unbalances their brain yep there's only like one person a good friend of mine knew that actually made it through but still even though he was very successful for I think it was like four or five years, he still killed himself. So the yep. point the point I'm making is the fact that our current government is not apparently appointing people based on their 
being the best person for the job. They're they're trying to they're trying to make a you got to have quotas now make a quota exactly right? it's all about a quota. yeah these are all quota hires yeah. with no experience necessary yep. yeah so hey That's affirmative so action for you we're about at the f- end of the first hour so in the next hour I on my research on the Christmas thing in, in which all of this stuff we're going to talk about I one thing that annoys me is when people write Xmas instead of no. Christmas I found an interesting story behind that that maybe a lot of you don't maybe you know parts of it but don't know the whole thing I'm going to talk about that and then we're also going to talk about uh, the the real story of the nativity I, it's it's an interesting story and there's a lot there and I'm sure you guys are going to have a lot to say about that too so hang around we'll be right, right back for hour two <laughs> 